Hey everybody, welcome to the Kingdom Project podcast. I am here with Ernie and we're going to keep continuing on our series on the Beatitudes. So, and um, I just want to say, we've been getting like lots of feedback from everyone and we are just overjoyed by the feedback, the positive feedback, the the kind words you guys are saying, and we truly, truly appreciate it. Um, it just gives us a spirit of joy, and 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 I mean, we love you guys. So, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It, it really means so much to us. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, so like I said, we're going to continue with our series on the Beatitudes. Um, Last week, just to recap, we talked about being meek and what that word means. Um, it's not what you think it means. So if, if if you haven't listened to episode three, go back and listen to um, episode three and, um, and then come back to this one because this one will make sense. Okay. So I'm just going to open up a, with a word of prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, we consecrate this time. Father God, for for the listeners out there, Lord, may you open up their ears, open up their hearts, Father God, and renew our minds, Lord, for, for what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, Lord, and, and just make us like little children, Lord, new and empty, Father God, mm. and just fill us up with your Spirit, Lord. May your words be on our mouths, yeah. Lord, and may you just use our vessels, Lord, to spew your words, Lord, your your words of life, Father God. May they just fill the ears, fill our spirits, and bring us into perfect alignment with you, Lord, with one will, one accord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ernie. Amen. Good morning, brother. Good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's good to be together again. Yes. Just uh, totally enjoy it. It's like uh, having a, you know, a banquet. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? I'm not sure if you read the book Tuesdays with Maury. I've not. Okay. So it's about this this guy who's just so busy with work and and just caught up in the life. And he finds like an elder, like a, a mentor. And he's just... Uh, drawn into him and every tuesday they would meet and today happens to be tuesday and so far we've been meeting every tuesday (laughs) so it kind of made me think and it's like wow this is so so crazy and that's one of the first books that i've i read when i true when i first started you know seeking christ and and learning more about him so it kind of like uh makes me reminiscent about it so it's very this this time is very special to me as i hope to the listeners so thank you thank you so much and um, excited for today's focus, which um, is on the fourth principle yes. in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, verse 6, which is, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Ooh. I was uh, in a Zoom meeting last night with a brand new group of uh, mostly young men. Huh. I say young, uh, younger than me, um, and I'm not sure their their range as far as their, the ages. But um, I could tell I was with a group of uh, a lot of younger men, <clears throat> and um, they were having open discussion about um, you know different subjects um, regarding. Um, Things like prophecy, um, uh, also the Trinity and the doctrine of the mm. Trinity. I mean, they got intense. Wow. And uh, a lot of different points of view and perspectives coming together to just um, really kind of uh, process together yeah. uh, controversies and questions that people have. And then I, I was, you know, understanding how important it is to be able to have a safe place mm. to sometimes be able to um, not only ask questions, but, you know, to 
um, talk about those things sometimes that we really don't know right. what's true and what is right and uh, what some things really stand for or mean. Right. And uh, I, I was making a statement that uh, I was so privileged and blessed to be a part of that, to see the hunger and the thirst wow. for, you know, um, wisdom, really, right. and truth and righteousness. Uh, you know, trying to find what's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a blessing. And I shared with them, I said, you know, uh, one thing I know for sure is that when God finds people that are hungry and thirsty, he's not going to disappoint them. He's going to fill them. Yeah. And so if you stay hungry and you stay thirsty after him, after, you know, reality, after truth, um, you know, the teacher shows up Ooh. and, uh, we've been learning about that, how the beginning of this, uh, whole episode on the, on the, um, the teaching of the Sermon of the Mount that Jesus shows up and gets in the teacher's position as he climbs up the hill or the mountain yeah. and his disciples follow him and they sit down and then he opens his mouth and begins to you know, instruct them and teach them. Yes. And so um, it's amazing because uh, the younger generation, they have so many questions. Right. There's nothing sacred. They'll question everything about Christianity and all kinds of practices, you know, right. and things that um, today a lot of times we just uh, do religiously or without really knowing the true meaning. Mm-hmm. Or where it came from, uh, right. t- different traditions and practices that we have. So I was really uh, challenged by the younger generation that will go to those places and you almost feel like, uh, not that they're attacking, but you know, uh, they have a definite um, a pursuit thereafter. Yeah. Um, it's not good enough just to, you know, just tell them what the Bible says. Right. They want it to be broken down. They want it to really be able to, you know, dissect it mm-hmm. and um, and really come up with, you know, some real um, revelations right. that come through processing. And so I, things like the, doing the podcast sitting down talking together um it takes you to places that causes you to go deeper it does and even as we're speaking uh the spirit of god starts to reveal things to you yeah um and so that's where true revelation comes from so we're able to go go to this place as we're studying the beatitudes and recognize some things about hunger and thirst. Okay. First of all, uh, the the word here that's used for hunger is speaking about hunger of the spirit. Mm. And then the word thirst is speaking of uh, thirst of the soul. Right. As, as you know, we're a triune being. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. And so... Um, there's some things that Jesus uses as a metaphor when he was speaking to his people and to the disciples on earth, where he said, I am the bread of life. In other words, he was saying, I, I'm the bread of the spirit. Wow. Uh, because um, there is life and spirit in his words. Um, so when we sit down and we read the scriptures, there's literally a, a transmission taking place like we've talked about before. So it's like literal spiritual food. It's like spiritual food. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. And the, the word that's being used for life is Zoe. And that is the highest dimension of life. So there's, you know, other uh, dimensions of life that are lower okay. um, regarding um, like the bios, bios life, 
which represents like animals, mm. you know, and um, it's something that we get our word biology from. Oh, yeah. Um, and so there's that dimension of life called the bios. And then um, above that, the next dimension is the suke. Suke. These life. are all Greek words. Yes. Right? Okay. And so the suke life is uh, dealing with uh, the soul, mm. the persona. Okay. Um, personality. The personality. Gotcha. And, yes. And all that's uh, included in the soul, which is um, the mind or thoughts. Mm-hmm the uh, will or, you know, um, desires, um, and emotions, emotions. feelings, uh, uh, which is the makeup of the soul. Wow. And so the intellect, the reasoning, all of that is in the dimension of the suke yeah. life. Wow. And so it's a higher form of life, but there's still one more. And that's what we're talking about, which is the Zoe Zoe life, life, hmm. which is the spirit, and we have a spirit. Right. So our spirit was dead in trespasses and sin before we received Christ into mm-hmm. our lives, and the moment you receive Christ, and you believe in Christ, and you accept Him, then you are regenerated. Mm. in your spirit your spirit comes back to life um and so that is you know a phenomenon that it's easy to just say it but to actually try to explain what happens right you know is is beyond us it's deep yeah but it took place when you were born again by the spirit of god and his spirit quickened or made your spirit alive and regenerated you and dispensed in you the seed that we call the seed, you know, of the kingdom, but it's really a seed of Christ because he is the kingdom of God. Mm. And so it was planted or sown in you. Uh, And all of this by faith. Wow. So it's the initial stage of salvation because there's three stages. There's the initial stage of salvation, which we were just describing. Then there's a development stage, uh, which has to focus, which focuses on, and which has to do with your soul. Mm. And and then there is the glorification stage, or the consummation of your salvation. So God uses three dimensions many times throughout the whole Bible in so many different ways to bring revelation and to sometimes explain things or reveal things to us. Yeah, and that number three, very significant. Yes. Very significant, yeah. Yeah, because the number three in in the Bible symbolically stands for resurrection. Resurrection. Coming alive. And, yes, so life, yeah. And also, of course, Trinity. Uh, Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Okay, because we're not going to teach on the Trinity today, yeah. <laughs> but because it's real fresh in my mind right now, because I've been having some discussions about it, it's been very challenging to really be able to uh, communicate and mm. explain the triune, what we call the triune process God, um, because there is the doctrine of the Trinity. But we're coming to a greater revelation and progressive revelation of who God is and finding out some things that sometimes, um, you know, trying to separate the Trinity, it doesn't work. Right. You need all three. And yes. And so they are coexistent, but they're also um, inherent together. They're mingled. And so they're inseparable, except for only one time. And that's when Jesus died on the cross. Right. And he took the sins of the world where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken Forsaken. me? And of course, it's because the wrath of God fell on Christ uh, as judgment for the sins of the world, and God couldn't look on sin, right. so he had to turn away. Um, and so there's that whole picture there 
of the reality of the salvation, you know, that comes to not only your spirit, your spirit, but also your soul and then your body. So we're a work in, you know, process. Yeah. Therefore, the name of our podcast, uh, Kingdom Project. Project, which I love. And yeah. the more I think about that name, the more, you know, it just rings true to me that we're all a work in, in process right, right now. right. And uh, God's not done with us. Yeah, and we're God's project. And we're His project. <laughs> and yeah. we get to work on God's project as well. Yes. We get to cooperate with Him. Right. And so we're being invited in. John seven thirty seven says, If any man thirsts, let him come after me and drink. Mm. So it's funny how the language sometimes the Lord uses you know, it's very applicable to us because he talks a lot about throughout the whole Bible eating because right. what you eat is what you are. Right. And then drinking, you know, that it's not only uh, focused on drinking, uh, eating, but also drinking. drinking. And, of course, ingesting and digesting um, the life of God, the nature of God, the essence of God, right. uh, in the form of, first of all, in Genesis, the tree of life. Tree of life. Which is another metaphor. And so you have to study and learn the different metaphors, uh, shadows, types, allegories, yeah. of the different language that's used figuratively to be able to uh, interpret correctly uh, and and understand the Bible, right? Uh, Jesus himself spoke parabolically many times in parables, in right. stories, and so there's a lot of things that are hidden, that are concealed, that are mysteries, right? Uh, but yet, you know, like the Scripture says in Proverbs, that uh, the glory of God is to conceal a matter. But the glory of kings is to search it out. Wow. And that's where hunger and thirst come in, I think, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That's it. And so if you're hungering and thirsting after more, um, you, you have a promise that yeah. God's going to fill you. Yeah. So you can come and eat and you can come and drink. You know, in fact, Christ says, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him wow. and sup with him or dine with him and he with me. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. So we, we get to come to his table, to the Lord's table, to the king's yeah. table. A feast with him. Like the story of Mephibosheth in the Old Testament who was lame because he had fallen while he was trying to escape, you know, his attackers. And uh, he was, uh, I believe, Saul's son, mm. or Jonathan's, I'm sorry. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, later on when David becomes king, he searches for him and finds him and brings him to his table and restores everything that belongs to him for, because of his inheritance. And uh, you see him coming to eat daily at the king's table wow. by invitation of the king. Daily. Daily. Daily yeah. bread. Daily bread. That's it. And so we get to come to the king's table not because we're worthy and because we earned it, mm -hmm. but by invitation of the king himself. He has, like I said, it feels like a banqueting table. It feels like we get to sit and banquet together. Right. You know, and he's prepared a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies, where we can sit and we can enjoy and we can experience him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, it also says in Psalms 42, 2, my soul thirsts after you for the living God. That's mm. the Psalms that describes... You know, the metaphor of a deer panting for the water. Yeah. As the deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after you, O God. Wow. You know, even our flesh cries out. 
yeah. for the living God. Yeah. Sometimes we're aching and groaning, you know. And uh, the word to pant or panteth means a short, fast breaths, as in yearning breaths. Mm. So literally, even sometimes it feels like our breath is taken away, but we're, you know, we're like little puppies. Yeah. That so happy to see the their owners, <laughs> you know, that yeah. have been away, and all of a sudden, you know, you see them wagging their tails and mm. wiggling all around mm. and breathing short breaths and mm. panting and so excited. Make, yeah, so excited, and yeah. it's a picture of what we look like to the Lord when we're hungry and thirsty mm. for Him, and you know, how can you? How can you, you know, deny a little puppy like that? Right. You know, I right. mean, it just catches your attention and you have to do something to acknowledge, to pet, to, you know, pick up, you know, the puppy or whatever. or Comfort him. Comfort, yeah, you know, or, yeah. or just give, you know, some kind of admiration. And, and so the blessing is in the hunger and thirsting. It's a condition of the heart. It's a yearning for the manifestation mm. of righteousness that satisfies and fills. Wow. That's a mouthful right there. That is. That is. Right? And so um, the promise in this particular beatitude in this principle is that they shall be filled, mm. which is amazing to me because... Um, you know, the Lord, he lives in a high and holy place, lofty. Yeah. He's the most high. He's the most holy. But yet, he chooses to dwell among those that are contrite and humble right. in spirit. <laughs> wow. And meek, right? Remember that last week we talked about meek, worn out, being it, worn out. Yes, and yeah. meek. Yeah. Definitely. So you can see that there is a, a picture that we're receiving, okay, uh, that tells us the first four Beatitudes are about receiving, mm. positioning yourself to receive, okay, the di divine nature yeah. of Christ. The DNA inside you. Yes. Right. And so... Um, the next three Beatitudes are about releasing. So the first four are about receiving. Mm -hmm. The next three are about releasing. Wow. And then there's another one that starts to talk about, and a couple of them at the end, talks about the results. So we're right now finishing up the receiving aspect of the Beatitudes and you know, the promise to be filled. Um, it's our deepest longing shall become our greatest possession. Mm -hmm. Okay, that, that phrase right there, our deepest longing becomes, you know, our possession, our greatest possession, is what you long for the most. What is the deepest desire of your heart? Wow. Uh, it becomes your greatest possession. And so it comes from out of, you know, your innermost being. And uh, sometimes those things are hidden. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know it. They're hidden by some of the lies, some of the, you know, um, abuses that have happened to us, some mm -hmm. of the injuries, some of the messages we've received. Yeah. Even in the church. Right that block us from really going into the depths of what our desires really are and what our yearning and our longing is. Wow. Because somehow we interpret them as not being spiritual or right. godly. Yeah, or, or has maybe, to fit in this particular box, right? Yep. Of rules and... and right. 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 <clears throat> so... We're afraid that, well, maybe, you know, I'm just being carnal or worldly mm -hmm. because I have these deep desires in me. Yeah. And you so know? how how do we come about 
unveiling those desires or how do we find our truth within us? Does that come with healing those wounds? Because I think those those wounds really stick with us until like, even if we experience them in childhood and, and those, those arrows in our heart, they're always with us and we carry them. And so how do we finally break, break through to liberation and to really know our true identity? Wow. That's a great question. You know? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a, it's a journey. Yes. And it is, you know, a process. Right. And um, we, uh, we go, what the, the Bible calls it, we go from glory to glory, mm-hmm. from strength to strength, from faith to faith. So it isn't a quick fix and you've got it all together. Right. And you don't need anything else because you know it all. And, you know, you're at a, a level, you know, where you're walking on water. Wow. <laughs> walking in the spirit, living it, it, by the know, spirit. Yeah. But yeah. that's a great question um, because I've been discovering myself that um, the more that I seek God and his kingdom, mm. the more I'm focused on him and his righteousness, the more uh, I am getting to know who I really am. Wow. That's good. And so it's, it's uh, one of the um, results that we're, we were just talking about. Right. That takes place. Um, you begin to discover your true design mm-hmm. and your assignment in the kingdom of God. Wow. It's there. Um, and you begin to experience a revelation of God in you. Wow. And so if you want to get to know God, you have to get to know yourself. Right. Because God is in you. So it's this whole, you know, journey of discovery that requires revelation. And the only one who can give you true revelation is the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Because he knows the deep things of God. And he knows things that you've never seen, never heard, never understood. And he begins to reveal them to you in this journey as we discover more about the king and the kingdom and who he is and how the kingdom operates and the purpose of the kingdom, you know, and the protocols of the kingdom and even discovering through learning the constitution of the kingdom like we're focused on right now. It doesn't look like that would bring anything you know, revealing to you personally about your identity, but it does Mm. because it it goes truly deeper than just what you can see with the, you know, with the physical eye. Right. Your perception. And your own perception of yourself and what people have told you about yourself that you've believed and all of that. Right. And so, uh, because we have a lot of false concepts. Mm Mm-hmm. And many of them are about God, but there's also a lot of false concepts and things that we believed about ourselves. And so just let me give you an example. So okay. just recently, um, I, have, I had been praying uh, for the Lord to give me wisdom. I think I shared that in one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord was instructing me about wisdom and I've been seeking the Lord about how to navigate through our present circumstances and conditions in the world and uh, looking to him for direction. Hmm. And so I found that scripture in Jeremiah eleven twenty nine that's so well known about, you know, God knows the plans he has right. for you, his thoughts, right. all of that. And God's been unfolding that to me more and more. And I've been pressing in to know his thoughts and to know his plans because he alone knows them, but he will reveal them. Mm. 
And he will give specific instructions like he did in Jeremiah 29:11. He told the people through Jeremiah the prophet, hey, listen, where you're at, and they were in exile, mm-hmm. they were in crisis, they were in chaos in Babylon, but where you're at, where you're right now located, build houses, plant gardens, marry, multiply, don't decrease, increase. Wow. Pray uh, for the city you find yourself in to prosper and be at peace because if that city prospers and there's peace, you will prosper and be. He gave instruct, and he also told them, don't listen to all the other prophets. They're false. Mm. I didn't send them to you. How big is that? Yeah. (laughs) And I started hearing all the instruction, and I was starting to just meditate and absorb it, you know, Mm -hmm. and think about it and all of that. And then the other side of Jeremiah 29, 11, it talks about, hey, uh, by the way, when you uh, seek me, when you pray to me, I'm going to let you find me. I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to let you find me. Wow. You know, and so all of this, you know, to say this, that as I've been pursuing him, all of a sudden the Lord started to reveal to me through more scripture Um, the desire I've had in my heart without knowing about my personal life and our living conditions. Uh, We live in a condo. Okay. And it's very humble. We've been there over 10 years. Okay. Pay rent, you know, live there. Recently, we've had a lot of upgrades, so it's nice. Mm -hmm. It's comfortable. Yeah. But the Lord unfolded in my heart through a story of Solomon, okay, and Solomon asking God for wisdom mm. when he had a dream and the Lord showed up and his dream said, "What? ask me for whatever you want. What do you want? And Solomon said, I want wisdom. Give me wisdom. <laughs> wow. And the Lord said, okay, I'm going to give you wisdom to go in and go out among the people, you know, to judge them and all of that. But I'm also going to give you wealth and riches, and I'm going to make you the wisest and the wealthiest king that ever lived mm-hmm. and ever will live. And he gave him, right, all of this honor. And, right. Right. And so the next chapter, the very first verse, I read that Solomon determined. He made a determination. He determined he was going to build the Lord a house wow. and build himself a house. And through reading that, all of a sudden, I know it's about King Solomon and what he did and all that, but it was like God was speaking to me about a desire I have as a husband, as a father, to provide a house wow. for my wife and for my children, to build a house for us. Wow. And I was like really taken by taken back by it, and it it just really, it really shocked me mm-hmm. that that came out of my heart. Yeah, that the Lord revealed it. You know, many times when you hear the voice of God, yeah, He speaks to you not from heaven and not from an audible voice out somewhere, you know, in space, right. like you're looking and waiting for Him to hear His voice echo somewhere you know, off the mountains or something. He speaks to us through our hearts. Mm-hmm. That yeah. means sometimes, many times, his voice sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your own voice. We don't recognize. Yeah. But it comes up from our heart. And God was speaking to me about my desire to want to be like my father who built his own house with his own hands wow. before he died. He left us his house that he lived in over 60 years in Pomona. Wow. And he took me down a whole path unfolding to me about this whole, you know, reality about building a house. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how to build a house. (laughs) I don't know the first thing about it. My dad did, but I don't. And I would be probably the most unlikely person to build a house. Right. But it's not dependent on me. You know, I... I don't have to be the one that does it with my own hands. I can still be, you know, involved in acquiring a house right. or providing a house or whatever it is. Right. And so the Lord took me down that journey 
And, you know, I saw it, and I knew it was him. And it uncovered a religious, you know, paradigm in me that was holding me back from receiving the plans that God has for me because I wrestled with that spiritually. Yeah. And so it's this dismantling that had to happen first before I could receive the new mantle the Lord wanted to place on me. Wow. And But it also requires a determination. So you hear God, uh, and sometimes you see God and what he's saying, okay? but then you have to start talking about it. Mm. There's something about you speaking it, what you believe, right. that releases something that is a focus and a single-mindedness, a you know clarity, a trajectory, um, and it helps you, yeah. you know, begin to move in a direction because you all of a sudden realize that it's not just you. Yeah. That God put that desire in your heart. Mm-hmm. And would you know that many years ago, Priscilla and I, we started a church in Pomona, and the name of our church was My Father's House. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. And we started My Father's House at My Father's House in Pomona, oh across gosh. the street from the house that he built because he owned the house across the street. And we started meeting there at the house when we started My Father's House oh with many others. And it started and joined with us and helped us. And yeah. and, and so there's this whole journey that all of a sudden began to unfold to me and the Lord knows your deepest longing mm. and your desires. He knows because he, he, you know, read Psalms 139. Yeah. You know, he already knows the words that are going to come out of your mouth before you even speak. Wow. He's so intimately acquainted with all of your ways. When you were being formed and fashioned in your mother's womb, wow. he was there. He has all of your days in a book. That's so good. With Ernie. your name on it. He yeah. knows everything. That's why I say he knows the plans. Yeah, those deep, deep desires. And everything yeah. that you were created for and why you're on the face of the earth. Right. Yeah, not, we're not here by accident. We're not an accident. Yeah. Right? Right. And so what does that say about us? What does that say about you and how God sees you and how committed he is to you and how much he loves you and he wants you to prosper Mm -hmm. and have an expected end and things that you hope for, a future. Wow. And so I'm encouraged to kind of like, man... I want to reach for, you know, the prize. Mm. And the prize is Christ. Yeah. The high calling of Jesus Christ in your life. Right. But it's so that we might express and represent him in the earth. Wow. And what does that look like? So that we can reign and rule with him. So that we can occupy our domain and territory that Mm. we've been given by assignment. It changes everything regarding your perspective. And a paradigm shift happens when you begin to align yourself with his vision for your life. Wow. We have vision and dreams, but he does too. And so when you commit yourself totally, absolutely to God, to the vision and the purpose of God, and you begin to cooperate with Him. That's what this is all about, these beatitudes in the kingdom of God and seeking it and lining up for it. It's not just to do something spiritual and a practice or religion. Mm. It's about to totally come back to and return. That's what repent is. It's return to God's original design for wow. you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we just think it's about saying sorry for sins. Right. But it's returning 
back to the original Amen. intent and design of God for man and for you as an individual. Wow. And you're a part in the whole schematic of what God is unfolding and doing in the earth today. And so we are, man, we are so... Yeah, it's so good, Ernie. ...elevated in the creation of God. Yeah. In the mind of... Because we're his idea. And it came from his mind. Right. And you you said, to, you know, to speak it. You're, yeah. you're talking about speaking it. And yes. when we read the first verses of Genesis, it's him just speaking... Right. ...what he wants manifested. Right. Wow. That's so good. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Man. And so I, I believe that the Lord wants us to understand that um, it's not just receiving a blessing of free, gate, uh, free grace, mm -hmm. but a, a high and holy place hungering and thirsting after righteousness. We're talking about something elevated. When you are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, you're coming up and climbing up to an elevated place um, to receive something that is going to bless you and you're going to receive uh, the, you know, the bread of life. Right. Okay. The living water, you know, that comes from God. It comes from Christ. And so blessed are those who hunger for the entire loaf. Wow. And thirst for the entire picture. You're not satisfied with just a little taste. Yeah. You know, you like to grub. You like to get down. You we like do. <laughs> we do. And, and we talked about that, right? Because sometimes we get, we want it all now. I know that's been one of my biggest things in my growth with Christ is I want, Lord, I want it all right now. Yeah. But he feeds us gradually. Yeah. Right? Here, yeah. here you go. Here's a little taste. And I feel like if we can manage it, he will give us more. Right. You know, and that's a principle, I think, from Genesis 1. Manage. Manage the garden, right? Right. And so when we mismanage things, more is taken away, I believe. Wow. Yeah. And Woo. so from my personal experience is when I'm managing and I'm in perfect righteousness with Lord, he, he, he <coughs> then feeds me more and more mm -hmm. and more. And when I get caught up and like, Lord, I want it all now. Give me the whole, I want to fit the whole loaf in my mouth. Yes. And it doesn't work that way. You know, it's a gradual work in progress. Like we said, going back to that, that project, we That's are so his true. project and eating here and there and, and eating a little, little at a time. And digesting that, and that, and and part of that is taking what the Lord gave you and really savoring it. That's so good. Joseph. And really enjoying that moment. You know, it could be having a picnic with my wife and really enjoying that given moment there, mm -hmm. and being and having revelation in that moment. Right. Of maybe you know, Lord, like let me allow me to love my wife a little bit more, or show me what that looks like. Right. And it's just sitting with my wife, having a little picnic, and 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 just enjoying that little moment. So now that is so deep. That's so good, Joseph. Yeah. Because what you're uh, unfolding there is that we're being filled so that we can feed others. Mm. It's not about just being full ourselves, yeah. like you said. Right. It is uh, because we want to receive the fullness that God has. Right. And that's abundant life. But it's always about His people. Mm -hmm. So it's never just about us. It's about us being able to be uh, blessed so that we can be a blessing. And the way that we are to be a blessing is the way you described it, is to be able to serve Christ to others. Wow. What you just, you know, beautifully described in the picture you gave about the picnic and being with your wife and enjoying that moment and loving mm -hmm. your wife and all that. 
That's serving Christ. Yeah. You're serving Christ to her. You're allowing Christ to love her through you. Yeah. Wow. Serving the Lord needs to take a whole nother meaning, you know, definition right. uh, for the body of Christ. Uh, because the Lord has given you goods, talents. It's in Matthew chapter 25 in the parable of the talents right. that he, you know, gave to his disciples. And we've been given those goods. We've been given those talents you know, and they can be abilities. They can also be finances. They can be different things. Okay? Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, God has given them to us. And so we're to steward them. Wow. You know, and multiply That's them. That's good. Wow. And so we sow into others. Yeah. The seeds that God is giving us, the, the food, you know, the mm -hmm. truths. And you turn around and you feed his people. That's what he told Peter. Remember when Peter was restored after denying the Lord three times? Yes. And he came to Jesus standing on the shore, cooking some fish, grilling mm -hmm. fish. And, and he restored him and he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Do you love me more than these? Mm -hmm. He wasn't talking about the fish. <laughs> he was talking about the other the disciples. Yeah, the other disciples. You know, uh, because first and foremost, we have to love the Lord with all our hearts and all our soul, all right. our strength and all that. And then, then love ourselves, you know, love the neighbor as we love ourselves. Mm. So there's a whole, you know, sequence there that's very real. But as you're, you're seeing that, he said, feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. Tend wow. them. Take, you know, mm -hmm. it was always about his people. Right. And it still is. Yes. And so the Lord wants you to hunger and thirst after him so he can fill you with his righteousness because righteousness is the only thing that satisfies. Wow. Nothing else satisfies but righteousness. Right. And just to clarify that, that's not like a religious word. That's actually like a legal, a legal word that we use today and in, in, even in our court systems, righteous, you know? And so I don't want people, our listeners to get confused, you know, like you hear righteousness and totally it's like this religious, like, right. you know, practice or something like that. Okay. So, That's good. That's good. Yeah. And so righteousness, uh, legally, what, what do you mean by that? Legally, like you, since you are a citizen of the kingdom, okay, it is your right. To be in righteousness. Okay. With the good. king. Right. Yes. Good. So like right standing. Right standing. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. So like my my definition is here, a provision, right? Or a mean of justification. An instance of justification. So it's a lot of these legal words that I'm, I'm finding in this, in these, in the definition that I'm pulling up here. That's good. In the original. Yeah. So I think etymology is very important when, you know, we go into into right. the stuff, you know, because sometimes we get lost and the words get buried and buried. Yeah. And we try and twist yeah. it, you know, so. Well, you know, we were talking about identity. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important to seek um, the kingdom of God, which has to do with your position. Mm hmm. And righteousness together, they are inseparable, wow. both. You can't just do one and, you know, experience the true transformation that God wants to bring into oh, your yes. life. It must be both the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And his righteousness. Because the kingdom of God speaks about your position. Wow. But righteousness speaks about your identity, mm. the way you live. So righteousness has to do with right use of holiness. Wow. And so we're being trained, you know, to learn how to use holiness correctly. Mm -hmm. Because remember, the whole central theme of the Beatitudes is be ye holy, for I am holy. Wow. Be ye perfect, for I am perfect. Mm -hmm. And which we know is unattainable by us right. in ourselves. Right. We cannot reach it. We can't accomplish it. Okay. 
That's what we've been learning. That's why we have to receive the nature of God. Mm. That's why the first four Beatitudes are about receiving mm -hmm. inside. It starts inside. Wow. The work, yeah. the reality of the kingdom has to go inside, inside. first. And then we can yes. manifest it outward to yes. the world. And that's where heaven meets earth. And heaven can be released on earth. <laughs> wow, I didn't I didn't even notice that until you said that, like the first four receiving. <coughs> yeah, that's so crazy. Right? And so that's a revelation you just caught. Yes. You know? Yes. And therefore, you know, heaven can come to earth because now it's manifesting or appearing. Actually, right. the more correct word that we're going to use is appearing, appearing. outwardly. Okay. But it first needs to be a reality, reality inside. So the kingdom of God is reality, appearance, and manifestation. Manifestation. And so that's 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 brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that because yeah. I saw that light came. The light yes, came on. Yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we want. The Holy Spirit to turn the light on. Right. What He's speaking, you know. Um, we have the full mind of Christ. And so we're full partakers of the divine nature. So um, it's too lofty to attain, too good to be true. Maybe when we get to heaven, that's what we've been taught. One day when you get to heaven, you'll be able to attain this and right. experience all that. And then you step into glory. And no, 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 no. <laughs> it's reality now. It's a reality now. The kingdom of heaven Jesus said is at hand because he was the king right. of the kingdom. So he brought it. Right. And those were his first public remarks out of his mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Yes. I mean, that's what's recorded in the book of Matthew. His first statement. Amen. Amen. Good Lord. So blessed are they that do hunger now, mm. uh, that thirst now for righteousness the kingdom of God, for they shall be filled. For the holiest, the highest of all, blessed because he promises they will be filled. That word filled means to stuff an abundant garden or an abundant pasture, to supply food in abundance, to feed full and satisfy, to gorge Ooh. yourself, being completely satisfied and that's why the only thing that satisfies is righteousness romans 4 17 says that the kingdom of god is not eating or drinking it's righteousness peace and joy, joy. in the holy ghost or the holy spirit wow so the greatest curse of religion is that it settles right that's a that's what religion does. It just settles, you know. It's, it's forms, it's rituals, it's dogmas, ideas, creeds. Um, it builds a fence around them and settles. Mm. And no one can get out and no one can get in. Yeah. That's what religion does. Yeah. Most living in a dissatisfied and settled state. Some think knowledge is power, but it does not satisfy. It is power. Knowledge, you know, Hosea 4.6, because of a lack of knowledge, my people, people perish. perish. So yeah. we have to, you know, want knowledge and grow in knowledge. But the knowledge itself doesn't satisfy us. Right. It's righteousness. It's amazing to me. Mm -hmm. That when you start being transformed from the inside and start living a righteous life, because righteousness is imputed, it is also demonstrable and it is rewardable. So it starts out with imputed righteousness that you receive as a deposit because you have received Jesus, who is the righteousness of God and the righteousness of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And you received him, so you receive his righteousness. Wow. And you become his righteousness. You don't just have it. You are his righteousness. Right. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the scriptures teach. Mm -hmm. 
when that settles in and really gets a hold of you, it just will flip a switch in wow. you when you understand that. So it's not like, you know, you're righteous one day and the next day you're not. No, you're you're his righteousness. Right. Perfect expression. Right? Yes. And so it isn't something that you have to earn. But once you receive salvation and you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, now there's a demonstrable righteousness mm. that you begin to live daily. It's the, again, appearance, mm. right? The mm. outward expression of it. Um, and so knowing the truth will set us free, right? Truth. But when you start living righteously, man, something happens. And it isn't something that you can just force. That's the problem is we're trying, you know, to force it. But um, the kingdom law is this. Uh, they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled and satisfied. Only God can give a man hunger for his kingdom. Wow. We can't even be... Um, hungry and thirsty after God unless the Spirit draws, draws. us. He yeah. actually, that's a gift. He actually gives us that hunger and thirst after Him because He's got something for us. Yeah. And He draws us by His uh, Spirit. So uh, we can't come at will. He draws us. It's our job to cooperate with Him mm. and yield to that drawing and go there. Because we can resist. We can, yeah. Because we have a free will. Right. That free will is in the soul. We can choose to cooperate or not. Right. We, you know, uh, each man is in his own order and according to God's timing, being drawn into a time of experiencing and encountering him. That's mind-blowing. I know. I mean, we're all on our separate, separate paths and journeys. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, um, Jeremiah says, He shall be declared the Lord our righteousness. He is our righteousness. Mm. And yet we are to also live righteously in the earth. And it becomes rewardable because the Bible says, um, first, to come to God, you must believe that He is God. You have to have faith right. that He's God. And then, because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Right. Uh, that's the economy of the kingdom, is faith. Um, but it also says, those who diligently seek Him, He's going to reward. And as you get filled with that imputed righteousness and begin to live a practical righteousness, mm -hmm. before you know it, it becomes a rewardable righteousness and God starts to reward you all over the place. Wow. <laughs> wow. And in so many, you know, beautiful ways and surprises. Right. He just loves to surprise his kids. Mm-hmm. And, and so to be filled with righteousness is to forget about becoming righteous. Wow. Wait, say that again. To be filled with righteousness is to forget about becoming righteous. Wow. It is in the being righteous. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to close with okay. a story that I read and heard uh, about the example of monkeys. Okay. Okay, uh, because many of us still think we're sinners saved by grace. But that's because of religion. Um, so monkeys usually, as you know, walk bent over. Right. And so don't get offended because I'm using monkeys. But, but the question is, why are you bent over? You're not a monkey anymore. If Jesus had not yet died, if Jesus still has to go to the cross, if Jesus still has to destroy sin, you know, okay, then I could understand. But 
he did. Yeah, that's It's all. true, right? The facts are Jesus did die. Jesus did destroy sin. He was buried. We are raised to a brand new creation. We're a brand new, we're a hybrid. We're a brand new species. Adam has been crucified, but the memory of Adam still remains. We still live in habitual ways of the old walk and flaws. Mm. Someone has to remind you, you're not a monkey. Stop walking bent over. Wow. But do you know that the more that you are told you are not a monkey, the more that your old monkey ways and habits fight back at you? Yeah. You've become so accustomed to being a monkey, you didn't know you could eat more than bananas. You didn't know that you could walk straight. Change the way you think. Renewal of the mind. Yeah, repent, renewal. Come back to the original design and intent of God for Mm. your life. The monkey is not going to fix it. Religion says, how can you believe you are not a monkey? Look at you. You act like a monkey. Didn't you just do a monkey thing? (laughs) How can you say you're not a sinner? Didn't you just sin? We base the truth on behavior, not on being. Wow. When the truth is on the being, behavior will change. Yes. So we need to become righteousness conscious. Conscience of righteousness and stop focusing on sin. Right. Sin is not a problem for God. Until you don't have to think about being righteous because it's just me, I am righteous. Wow. You'll start seeing transformation from the inside out and change external take place in your life. That's so good. That's it. Beautiful, Ernie. (laughs) Beautiful. Oh, man. So much to digest. And I hope... uh, you know, whoever is listening, you, you, you have an understanding and, and Spirit's really speaking to you through this podcast because that's really what me and Ernie's intentions are here is to be mouthpieces for for God and, and just to help us get back to that original design. That's what this is about, you know. That's, that's right. His purpose. And so I have a little story from this past weekend, just real quick. Um, so me and my wife, we're, we're expecting in April. Um, and we started our first birthing class this past Sunday. And, and so the instructor's up there giving her, you know, teaching and stuff like that. And something struck, struck me. Like she was going over the, the placenta that was in, that's in the womb Mm -hmm. of the baby that is so vital and so important it actually gives the baby life. And if that's cut off, the baby will will die. Yeah. And so she pulled up a picture of the placenta, an actual placenta in a woman's body. And I was like, oh, God, do I want to see this? <laughs> and so I pulled it up here. I'm showing it to Ernie on, in the studio, but um, I'll put a link to it in the, in the notes. And if you guys can at home, the listeners, just Google... What did I Google here? Tree of life placenta. Tree Tree of of life. life. And look at the placenta, Ernie. What does that look like? Oh, my gosh. No way. That looks like a tree. That's crazy. That's why it's called the tree of life. I've never heard of that before. That's amazing. And so I was like, wow. Wow. My baby is in my wife's womb. Yes. Connected to this tree of life. Wow. And it struck me so much and so deeply. I had to like come home and meditate on it. And so I just wanted to share that That's with everyone. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Joseph. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know, the tree of life is a metaphor for Christ. Yes. And we're to eat from that tree because it gives us life. 
yeah. eternal life. Right. And yes, the, yeah. the DNA exactly. of and, God. And you think of a child, they come with a clean hard drive and nothing. They don't know wow. anything. And so they're coming from this tree of life. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and so God, like I said, he reveals little things to us yeah. from everywhere. Yeah. You know, we're just simply at this birthing class and, and, <laughs> and this is revealed to me. So it's a beautiful thing. And, and I just wanted to share that with the listeners and with 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 you, Ernie. And um, we thank you guys so much for tuning in and just the amount of support that we're getting. Um, it's just it's I, I can't even put words, but please feel free to leave us reviews. Um feedback questions whatever you guys want to do if you guys want to talk we're here um so we love you guys and thank you guys for joining us until the next one thank you ernie thank you god bless god bless